I want to thank uh, Joseph Mundell for making our origami doves that we handed out that we hoped would take flight, uh, but maybe next year. Uh, and let me just say, uh, you all look good today. Uh, don't let me leave without taking your picture. Uh, speaking of pictures, cover of Norwalk Living Magazine, cover girl, your pastor, Marty. Uh, there's your other pastors in there too, but, uh, but this is the good picture. In a month or so, actually in a month, exactly a month, you will have a special opportunity. Uh, You may remember uh, when you were in the process of hiring us as your pastors, uh, your regional minister, Bill Spangler-Dunning, came uh, to you one Sunday and led a small group conversation uh, that was called World Cafe. It was in lieu of worship, and you had communion around the tables out in the fellowship hall. You moved around throughout that time, meeting new people, connecting and with people maybe you hadn't talked to in a while, as you engaged questions about what it was you were looking for in a new minister, what it was you were looking for in the future of our church. And many people have told me since then, we really like that. We should do that again. Well, if that was you, and you really liked it, and you think we should do it again, you're in luck, because we're going to have another World Cafe conversation on June 12th. It's not to talk about new ministers, I'm sorry. Uh, You're stuck with us uh, for a long time if we have our say. And no, that's not the conversation. It's going to be a different conversation. It's going to be a conversation about this church, about the future of our church, what you dream and what you vision for this congregation and for our mission in this place. On the back of your bulletin is a message from Lance Randolph. Lance, uh, wave your hand. Lance is your board chair at Sporting Iowa State today. Don't judge him for that if if you're not a fan, but Lance is a wonderful board chair, and he wrote a note, an announcement on the back of our bulletins that says, as a board, we do not believe that feedback, that the mission of our church or the long-term vision for Norwalk Christian Church should be exclusive to any one committee or any one group. So we want your involvement, thoughts, and great ideas on Sunday, June 12th. We will be replacing our normal service with a World Cafe format. This is a chance for all of us to participate in a discussion on a flexible small group basis to address our purpose, to discuss opportunities, and in general to share thoughts on priorities and vision for NCC, all while we get to know one another better. Bill Spangler Dunning is going to be with us, promises to provide solid direction and ideas moving forward. Thank you in advance, and if you have any questions, it says to ask one of your board members. If you're one of those board members, raise your hand. Yeah, they're scattered throughout. Those are your board. If you have questions, ask them. It's going to be an exciting Sunday. I'm looking forward to it, to hear what you have to say your visions, your dreams about the future of our church together. And I hope every one of you will be there, young, old, whether you're new to this church, whether you've been here your whole life or somewhere in between, whether you're active in this church outside of Sunday morning or if Sunday morning is your primary connection point. We want everyone there, this place overflowing with people, with visions and dreams. Now, this morning, we're a little overflowing with text this morning. We had two scriptures, one from Mark, the gospel we've been journeying through together, and the other from Acts, that theme verse. If you hear any pops, uh, we apologize. I wanted to get to the flame. (laughs) But that story in Acts, the story of Pentecost, the beginning of the church and the arrival of the Holy Spirit. 
Now the stories told in these two texts are separated by several years, but they have really the same set of characters. In Mark, we have the calling of the disciples, the same people that are gathered waiting for something powerful to happen on that morning of Pentecost. Mark tells us that Jesus goes up to a mountain and calls to him, and I love the phrase, those whom he wanted. That is, Jesus picked the people he wanted to pick, this messed up, confused, doubting, denying, and betraying crowd of disciples, ones who, as we will see in the Gospel of Mark, never get it, never understand what Jesus is doing, and are always fighting over who is the greatest among them. These disciples who don't know who Jesus is, even after he raises from the dead, these are the disciples whom Jesus wanted. He hand-picked this crowd, and he was so proud of what he did that Mark tells us, He goes home. It's a good day's work. Now, it's not the crowd I would have picked for sure, but you know, it's probably the crowd that I would have found myself in. Because at my best, I'm a lot like these disciples. I doubt and I deny. I try hard, but I mess up and I don't always get it. I miss Jesus sometimes right when he's in front of me. And yet here I am, here we all are, disciples of Christ. Jesus has chosen whom he wanted, and he's chosen us. We are Christ's disciples too. Now these same disciples Jesus chose in Mark gather together in this upper room on Pentecost. When the wind blows, the fire comes, and the Holy Spirit arrives. Another One of my most favorite verses in Scripture is the verse that Sarah read to us. Everything's so crazy. People assume they're drunk, and Peter says, No, we're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. But it's a crazy scene, a scene they can't explain. And here they are, these disciples so used to the chaos of following Jesus, these characters from this text in Mark, and yet here they are without Jesus there to explain it for them. A chapter before in Acts, they saw Jesus ascend literally into heaven, up up and away into the clouds Jesus goes, and they're left wondering what they're going to do. But before he ascended, Jesus told them, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm sending a comforter. And you will receive power, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. For years, they've been following Jesus, wanting to know where they should go, what they should do, and Jesus would tell them. He would guide them like a master to his students. He was there. He was always there to ask questions, to rely on. But now Jesus was gone. But the Holy Spirit is the gift he left, a gift that lives inside of them, God's Spirit, not in Jesus, but in them. No more would they need to be told the vision, the Spirit would make the vision alive within them. And with thunder and a mighty wind, this comforter promise, this power arrives. The Holy Spirit fills these unlikely disciples of Christ, and the world is forever changed. Now, wouldn't that be something? Maybe the wind, maybe the fire, maybe the tongues. But to change the world, a little group of people, a a mixed up, messed up group of disciples changing the world for Christ. We have a lot in common with those first disciples, that's for sure. But we still long sometimes for that moment when, when it clicks, when the Spirit fills us up and sends us out to do something amazing. 
Now, when you did that last World Cafe in preparation to hire new ministers, one of the things mentioned, a thread throughout the conversations, was that you wanted to become a church that was known for more than simply being the church next to the hardware store. Now, the other day at church board meeting, someone jokingly, I think, suggested we should make a new church t-shirt. On the front said Norwalk Christian Church, and on the back it said the church next to the hardware store. Good advertisement, good idea, except there's one problem. Which hardware store? There's two now, as of a few weeks ago. Of course, our church has been on this piece of earth before there ever was a hardware store in Norwalk. And though we were the second church to arrive in this community in 1869, now there are eight churches in town. I noticed the other day at least three churches had on their marquees outside their church the slogan we have hanging here and on ours that says, all are welcome. Even our message is not that unique. Who are we when there's more than one hardware store in town? There's a lot that we are as a church, a lot that we've done, great things, things worthy of celebrating, but who are we now? What's next? Where do we go from here? Now, I imagine that's the question the disciples arrive with on Pentecost morning. Who are we? What are we doing here? Where do we go from here, still rattled by all that had happened to Jesus, having given up everything to follow him? Now what? Where do we go from here? What they didn't realize is that morning wasn't the end, but was just a beginning of a new story. All that had happened before was only prelude for what was about to happen among them and through them. The Spirit was about to arrive. They would be filled with power, power that would lead them from that room in Jerusalem to the very ends of the earth, sharing the good news of Christ. The power that filled them that day, this is the power we sing about this morning, the power that fills us this day, the very same power. The only difference may be that they were more keenly aware of it. They were expecting it waiting for it. Today, we don't expect such things, and maybe we miss it. But on this Pentecost, the message is still the same today as it was then. Whether we expect it or not, when the church gathers together, the Spirit of God fills us up. And through the Spirit, great things happen. It wasn't just Peter that morning that was filled with the Spirit. It was all the disciples. Every one of them had a part to play in this great revival. They all spoke, and everyone could hear in their own language what they were saying. They all were mouthpieces for the good news of God. And that is church. Church is not a program you come to where one person talks to you and tells you what to do. We're not a vendor of religious goods and services. Church is us, is you, is all of us together filled with the Holy Spirit being led from this place to the ends of the earth, changing the world with the good news of Christ. That is all our job. Here we are filled up in this place. We are renewed and then sent out to a world that is broken but hungry for a message of God's wholeness. No longer do we have to look for outside experts to tell us what to do. God has made God's dwelling place within us. The vision for who we are and who we should be, where we should go from here, is right here among us, within you, within all of us. That's why we're having that world cafe, because our leaders believe, I believe, truthfully, 
that the Spirit moves mightily when we gather together, where we share and dream and talk to each other face to face. Because every one of us, every one of us has a part to play in what God is doing. The mighty vision that was seen that Pentecost continues today through us. What's next? Well, who knows what's next? We've had a lot of great days, but our best days may be ahead of us. We're the church beside, yeah, one of the hardware stores in town, but we're so much more and we always have been. And if we open up to God's spirit to feel that rush of wind and hear the thunder, who knows where God may send us next? Amen? Amen. 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 Our song of invitation will be number 259. Let us sing as we approach the table of Christ this morning.